First things first, I need to apologize for the long hiatus. In the spirit of some of Caitlin Johnstone's writings, I've been undergoing some major revisions on my own psyche. These revisions definitely have helped my mental health state, and you may even be able to tell the difference going forward. If this isn't the first show of mine you've watched, you know that I'm a university teacher and I drive truck on the side. In my classes lately, I've noticed that a lot of the students have a really weird idea about politics. They think they're some kind of leftist if they watch CNN or MSNBC, and they think they're a conservative if they watch Fox News. What they don't understand is that either way, they're swilling corporate Kool-Aid. They are consumers of either one version of the truth from one side of the corporate aisle or another version of the truth from the other side. What they don't understand is that being offered two shitty choices in this false duality doesn't give them any kind of freedom. Caitlin Johnstone has been nailing this topic for forever, but it needs to be repeated until everyone starts to pay attention. Caitlin Johnstone, as far as I know, isn't featured on any corporate news platforms, so unless you're off the beaten track, you're not going to figure this kind of truth out. I have two articles I want to read excerpts from and then talk about. The first is called, Propaganda is the Source of All Our Problems, Notes from the Edge of the Narrative Matrix. The other is called, The Science of Propaganda is Still Being Developed and Advanced, apparently in Canada. She starts off by saying, We don't talk nearly enough about the fact that wealthy and powerful people are constantly pouring vast fortunes into manipulating the way we perceive our world and that this is the ultimate source of all our major problems. Democracy is a meaningless concept when the primary factor in determining how votes will be cast is the wealth that plutocrats have poured into mass-scale media psyops to manipulate public perception of reality. People babble about freedom in a society where almost everyone's mind is in a cage built by the powerful. Caged birds singing that they can do whatever they want inside their cage. Skipping ahead, what is free speech? Free speech is when war profiteers are allowed to openly lobby for more wars and the mass media are allowed to brazenly lie to us and corporations are allowed to buy government officials and members of the public are allowed to say whatever they want as long as they say it quietly in the privacy of their own home. I'll continue to skip around here. Saying America's warmongering has come home whenever it abuses its citizenry is a bit dramatic. Get back to me when there are non-stop airstrikes on major U.S. cities and depleted uranium in L.A. and military blockades on Texas are starving children to death by the thousands. Modern mainstream Western culture is just mass-produced propaganda for the idea that worldwide human behavior should be driven by consumption and the pursuit of profit. This last one applies to me directly. The fact that spiritual enlightenment is a real and attainable thing is possibly the most under-discussed and under-appreciated political reality in our world because it has huge sweeping political implications since it could solve all our problems if collectively realized. But whether we discuss it or not, it might happen anyway as humanity approaches its adapt or die point. And now I'm skipping ahead to the science of propaganda is still being developed and advanced. We live in a far less free society than most of us think. It looks like we're free. We don't get thrown in prison for criticizing our government officials, at least not yet. We can vote for whoever we want. We can log on to the internet and look up information on any subject we're interested in. 
If we want to buy a product, we have many brands we are free to choose from. But we're not free. Our political systems are set up to herd people into a two-party system. That's the fake duality I was talking about earlier. That is controlled on both sides by plutocrats. The news media that people rely on to form ideas about what's going on and how they should vote are controlled by the plutocratic class and heavily influenced by secretive government agencies. And dear viewers and listeners, this is not a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact that media are controlled by secretive government agencies. And the secret government agencies are controlled by the plutocrats. Going on, Internet algorithms are aggressively manipulated to show people information which favors the status quo. Ding, ding, ding. And that's why the throngs of people don't see much of me. Because how could anyone as interesting as I am not get thousands and thousands of views every day? On a serious note, that is one of the reasons I've become discouraged and haven't been producing this show as often. I know I'm being algorithmed out of existence. If you follow this show for a while, you know that I have enough followers to be monetized, but YouTube certainly isn't going to have that. They've told me that I have to clean up my act if I'm going to be ready for their advertisers. And you probably realize, in the delicate vernacular that you're accustomed to hearing from me, fuck that shit! Back to the story. Even our entertainment is rife with Pentagon and CIA influence. And if you follow the show for a while, you'll know what I've said about Hollywood and how I've backed up my assertions there. The CIA and Hollywood have a long association of propaganda. Going on, how free is that? How free is your speech if there are myriad institutional safeguards in place to prevent speech from ever affecting political change? It doesn't matter what you're allowed to say if it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if you're allowed to call the oligarchic puppet put in office by the last fake election a dickhead. It doesn't matter if you're allowed to Google any information you want only to find whatever information Google wants you to find. What is the functional difference between a regime which directly censors the internet to prevent dissent and a regime which works with Silicon Valley plutocrats to control information via algorithms and has a system in place which prevents dissent from having any meaningful impact? There is none. We live in a profoundly unfree society that is disguised as a free society. Western liberal democracy is just totalitarianism dressed in drag. That was pretty good, Caitlin. And it's only getting worse. Propaganda is a still developing science. This is a tweet from Max Blumenthal, and you know him if you've followed this show for any length of time. Canada's military relied on propaganda techniques similar to those employed during the Afghanistan war shaping and exploiting info to head off civil disobedience by Canadians during the coronavirus pandemic and to bolster government messages. Ooh. Military leaders saw pandemic as unique opportunity to test propaganda techniques on Canadians. From OttawaCitizen.com. Caitlin reports, Last month, Ottawa Citizen reported that the Canadian military used the COVID outbreak as an excuse to test actual military PSYOP techniques on its own civilian population under the pretense of assuring compliance with pandemic restrictions. Some excerpts. 
Canadian military leaders saw the pandemic as a unique opportunity to test our propaganda techniques on an unsuspecting public, a newly released Canadian Forces report concludes. The plan, devised by the Canadian Joint Operations Command, also known as CJOC, relied on propaganda techniques similar to those employed during the Afghanistan war. The campaign called for shaping and exploiting information. CJOC claimed the information operations scheme was needed to head off civil disobedience by Canadians during the coronavirus pandemic and to bolster government messages about the pandemic. I don't know if that jives with what you've believed about the Canadian government. If you hear anything from me that surprises you, you should understand that you've been spending too much time with corporate news. Going on. A separate initiative, not linked to the CJOC plan, but overseen by Canadian Forces intelligence officers, called information from public social media accounts in Ontario. Data were also compiled on peaceful Black Lives Matter gatherings and BLM leaders. This is really a learning opportunity for all of us and a chance to start getting information operations into our CAFDND routine, the Rear Admiral stated. Yet another review centered on the Canadian Forces Public Affairs Branch and its activities. Last year, the branch launched a controversial plan that would have allowed military public affairs officers to use propaganda to change attitudes and behaviors of Canadians as well as to collect and analyze information from public social media accounts. The plan would have seen staff move from traditional government methods of communicating with the public to a more aggressive strategy of using information warfare and influence tactics on Canadians. Doesn't that just give you a warm and fuzzy glow? Oh! So Caitlin concludes, They're not just employing mass-scale psychological operations on the public, they're testing them and learning from them. And we can probably assume that anything which may have been learned was also shared with the government agencies of other NATO members. Here's a tweet from the Grey Zone. Western governments in the NATO military alliance are developing tactics of cognitive warfare using the supposed threats of China and Russia to justify waging a battle for your brain in the human domain to make everyone a weapon. That's from Ben Norton. And then there's a link to the article from the Grey Zone. Here are some excerpts. NATO is spinning out an entirely new kind of combat it has branded as cognitive warfare. Described as the weaponization of brain sciences, the new method involves hacking the individual, hacking the individual by exploiting the vulnerabilities of the human brain in order to implement more sophisticated social engineering. George Orwell, where are you? While the NATO-backed study insisted that much of its research on cognitive warfare is designed for defensive purposes, who is the bully and who is the victim? Defensive purposes, my ass. It also conceded that the military alliance is developing offensive tactics, stating, the human is very often the main vulnerability and it should be acknowledged in order to protect NATO's human capital, but also to be able to benefit from our adversaries' vulnerabilities. Boy, I know this is going to make me sleep a lot better at night. In a chilling disclosure, the report stated explicitly that the objective of cognitive warfare is to harm societies and not only the military. Do no harm, take no shit is my mantra. How does that fit with what the US and the Canadian military are doing and other NATO forces? 
The study described this phenomenon as the militarization of brain science, but it appears clear that NATO's development of cognitive warfare will lead to a militarization of all aspects of human society and psychology, from the most intimate of social relationships to the mind itself. In other words, this document shows that figures in the NATO military cartel increasingly see their own domestic population as a threat, fearing civilians to be potential Chinese or Russian sleeper cells, dastardly fifth columns that challenge the stability of Western liberal democracies. Naturally, the NATO researcher claimed foreign adversaries are the supposed aggressors employing cognitive warfare, but at the same time, he made it clear that the Western military alliance is developing its own tactics. Here's a cool tweet from Somerset Bean. In 1917, a young Edward Bernays was asked to help the American war effort by applying his uncle Sigmund Freud's theories of the unconscious to a new German technique called propaganda. Thus began the current war. I want to break in here and say that some of my students have said that we have not had continuous war since I've been born. And even though I was born a long time ago, we've had continuous war from long before then. They always say that we have a series of wars, some are better than others, and I say, no, Bean is right. From 1917 at least, we've had continuous war. The War on Sensemaking I'd like to propose that we are already fighting World War III. We are not merely getting perilously close or waiting for the other shoe. A hundred years later, in a 2017 essay titled The War on Sensemaking, writer Jordan Greenhall made an observation that I have thought about ever since, that the science of modern propaganda has been in research and development for more than a century now and has necessarily advanced scientifically just as much as other fields in the military have. Continuing on with the earlier quote, Greenhall writes, the technology of war moves quickly. In the span of one and a half centuries, the last war leapt from long rifles to repeating rifles to Gatling guns all the way to Little Boy. The war fighters of the current war haven't dawdled. The wars of culture, meaning, and purpose have seen innovation on an exponential technology curve. The artisanal efforts of Bernays and Gables have been left far in the past by modern methods. Think about how many technological advancements there have been in the military over the last century. Our rulers have been refining their methods of manipulating our sense-making abilities to their advantage throughout that entire time, and only a small minority of us have even begun to realize that that manipulation is even happening. We're just learning to play checkers while they're mastering 3D chess. I don't have any solutions to this problem other than to spread consciousness of the fact that it is happening. Propaganda only works if you don't understand A, that it is happening to you, and B, how it is occurring, and a basic awareness of the fact that there's a globe-spanning campaign to manipulate human thought to the advantage of the powerful is the first step toward having that understanding. Having the humility to understand that you yourself can be manipulated and deceived is the second step. My hope is that humanity will transcend its psychology susceptibility to manipulation and move into a healthy relationship with mental narrative as our adapt or die precipice draws nearer. But time will only tell. So as always, I'll link to the articles I read and discuss on here, and you can find them in the show notes underneath. Please do make comments. I love to interact with the comments. And I will try to get to the next show in a shorter amount of time than you've had to wait for this one.